There's no secret formula for scaling support and boosting customer satisfaction. But there is the all-new service hub from HubSpot, bringing service and support together in one powerful platform so you can deliver the best experiences possible and free up reps' time with an AI-powered help desk. Also, you can keep customers happy. Secrets out. Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. Good morning, everyone. It is Tuesday, October 17th. I'm Rob Litterst here with Sarah Friedman and Ben Berkeley, and this is The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're going to be talking about extreme travel, a business built on pushing limits and enabling wealthy folks to do the kinds of things they usually only see being done by people who wear Red Bull logos. The industry has been on the up and up until earlier this summer when the Titan submersible disaster delivered a moment of truth, highlighting the very real dangers of frontier pushing trips. Has the tragedy done anything to slow down this fast growing sector? That's going to be a cliffhanger we answer in just a few minutes after we run through the stories making headlines today in the world of business and tech. Getting right into it, Rite Aid filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection, saying it would close more drugstores and bring in a new CEO. The filing comes amidst struggling sales and a number of opioid-related lawsuits. Obscene prices and this century's highest mortgage rates are currently on track to bring new U.S. home sales down to their lowest level since the 2008 global financial crisis. TikTok announced how it's handling content moderation amid the Israel-Hamas war. The company says it's removed 500,000 videos and 8,000 live streams since the October 7th attacks and has added more Arabic and Hebrew-speaking moderators. Spotify has added a merch hub into its app to make it easier to buy gear and records directly from bands. The green music machine won't take a sales cut. This feature is meant to stave off an artist revolt as musicians per stream take-home pay remains low. Question for you guys, when is the last time either of you bought merch for a band? This takes me back to my first ever concert, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Amazing. Yeah, thank you. I needed to hear that. I needed that validation. I don't necessarily want to give Spotify the credit for helping an artist when really, are they? Sarah, what's your merch purchase? Yeah, this is a band I haven't thought about in a minute. The script, Mm -hmm. I was, I think, 16, got a t-shirt, which I do still have it. It's worn down to be like extra comfy now, but it has aged like a fine wine. So I can't really (laughs) complain about that purchase. To your point, Ben, it's really kind of like an optics play for Spotify, right? Just to keep them in the good graces of the artists who they really aren't helping that much when it comes to actually giving them a cut of their streams. Absolutely. I also want to make sure you're not wiggling out of this, Rob. (laughs) Whose merch did you buy? The last time that I bought concert merch or band merch was for Dead & Co. this past summer. I went to a Dead & Co. concert, which is kind of like the new incarnation of the Grateful Dead where John Mayer was playing with them. And there's this big section called Shakedown Street where like all of their super fans and like t-shirt vendors can all kind of like hang out. And so it's all of these kind of third-party vendors and t-shirt makers who are selling all this merch. So I bought a shirt on Shakedown Street. Maybe Shakedown Street could be a competitor for Spotify's Merch Hub. Sounds like maybe they've got it down. Totally. Anyway, speaking of music, Taylor Swift made more money than you did last weekend. Her concert film brought in $130 million at the global box office. But here is the kicker. The singer's exclusive deal with AMC gave her 57% of the film's profits, which projects to be a $55 million weekend. Unbelievable, Taylor. Unbelievable. Lastly, we have kale shooting robots. Sweet Green introduced bots that shoot salad ingredients through tubes and into bowls on a conveyor belt. The system cuts the number of workers and time it takes to make a bowl by more than half. 
And most importantly, it sounds really cool. Are you guys sweet green fans? Are you going to get down with the sweet green salad robot? Yeah, I am a sweet green fan. Well, more specifically, I'm a spicy cashew dressing fan and whatever yes. is covered in that I will eat. But I think this is cool. I feel like we've been talking about automation and robotics entering restaurants for a really long time now. So it's kind of exciting to see it finally playing out. This isn't going to make me more likely to buy them. I feel like the one thing I was looking for isn't I want my salad to be made in two minutes rather than three minutes. It's I would like it to cost three less dollars. I feel like that's how growth is going to be stunted for this company is that the prices are just not going to be able to hold a candle to fast food options out there. This could totally save the money in the long run. From what I understand, Sweetgreen's still not turning a profit and I think their economics are not great. Hopefully it all ends up working out and we all get better, cheaper salads. I guess we'll see. So just a few minutes ago, we cruelly left you on this cliffhanger. Has the Titan submersible tragedy done anything to slow down the fast-growing extreme tourism sector? And we're not going to keep you guessing. No, no, it has not. Not in the slightest. Extreme tourism is at its all-time high. And Ben, you wrote about this earlier today. Tell me more about what's going on in extreme tourism. There are a lot of varying terms for this industry. Extreme tourism, frontier tourism, adventure tourism, they all roll up to one overarching business, which is setting up these boundary-pushing expeditions for daring vacationers. And this is really everything from a kayaking tour on the low end up to free diving or skydiving. And then there's this emerging high end that's like so insanely expensive, like deep sea and space tourism. And all of this really has been one of the great bright spots for the global tourism industry, both before COVID, but especially after. So the most recent figures that I could find for the industry for 2021, this was a market that exceeded $282 billion. Unbelievable. Right? Yeah. People have a lot of cash to burn and I guess a fair level of confidence that it's not going to be them who ends up in a hospital bed or, you know, far worse. Of course, that's great news for the people who cater to them. One thing that really stuck out to me was 90% of businesses in the Adventure Travel Trade Association reported revenue increases last year. And so, of course, this all kind of leads us back to June, which was when the Titan submersible disaster happened. This was a moment where these expedition organizers kind of were holding their collective breath. The story was owning headlines wall to wall for about a week and really provided this reality check for the business. All the thrill seekers that they catered to were really reminded in this moment of the industry's dangers and, and really in like the most high profile and most terrifying way that you could imagine. But as we've noted here, that moment of truth didn't really last. So experts in a Rob Report story are now saying that the submersible disaster has done absolutely nothing to slow the growth of extreme tourism. In fact, these experts expect the industry to grow a little over 15% annually through the end of the decade. The fact that this didn't really prompt that reckoning where people are thinking, oh yeah, I could be spending thousands of dollars for a week out there where I'm like greatly increasing my odds to die that reckoning just didn't happen. And that kind of shocked me. Am I alone in being really surprised by this? Definitely not. I wouldn't do these things if you paid me thousands of dollars. Like I clearly <laughs> am just not the target customer here. I, I don't get it. This sort of stuff just continues to happen. I feel like this dynamic, yeah, this is really dangerous. It almost like draws in more people. It's a way for the folks that are like really, really into these extreme trips to kind of like find their tribe and like learn more about opportunities to test their limits. Not surprisingly, space travel is going to be a really big subplot of the next 
decade. There are a lot of different competitors trying to do a lot of different things. SpaceX is trying to get into the space. Virgin Galactic obviously has already done a little bit in this space. But then I was looking at these other competitors ranging from 50 to 150K, where they'll take you up in these like luxury capsule on like a weather balloon and then like soft landing you back. That's still really dangerous. I think that this is absolutely stunning that there's this industry that just continues to grow doing something that now we have seen so prominently is so dangerous. And people are kind of like, yeah, take my money. I don't know. There's something about this that just it seems like nothing could potentially derail it. I agree. I think, as we've said, this has always existed. People have gone skydiving and swimming with sharks. But I think that, as you said, like what kind of makes it so mind boggling is just the sheer amount of money being spent on these really dangerous excursions. It somehow makes it even stranger to me. In my head, it kind of like goes with the Burning Man trend and like people just like spending a lot of money on these remote, crazy experiences. What would you say is like the closest you've come to extreme tourism slash like a dangerous trip? I think you're speaking to the exact wrong people. You put the word extreme in front of either of us and we're going to slowly back out of the room and be like, uh, I don't know about that. That doesn't sound like that's me. Yeah, I guess the thing is like the barometer, like what is crazy at this point is also shifting. You're looking at a world where like every year over 100,000 people are visiting Antarctica. Yeah, that's so true. That used to be the most rare thing. There are multiple people now who have been both to space and to the bottom of the Mariana Trench. The bar keeps rising and I know personally I'm not going to be pushing it. Just getting on a plane feels like it's the greatest move I can do to like put my life in some company's hands and that doesn't even feel good. So I don't know how people are doing this with these small operations where some dude just decided, hey, I'm going to take you to the bottom of the oceans. Like, I don't know about that. I think studying abroad when I was a broke 20-year-old was the most extreme I've ever gotten as far as danger. And I'll leave it there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, not quite going down to submersible. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you all for tuning into the Hustle Daily Show. We are a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig, and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, go get yourself signed up at thehustle.co slash email, and we will see you tomorrow. Hey, everybody. I got a great podcast to tell you about. It's called Truth, Lies, and Work. And it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. On this show, you can join husband and wife team, Alan, Leanne, Elliot, as they dispel myths, impart wisdom, and answer all your questions about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. They actually just did an episode with John Smith, who is the manager and agent of famous Argentinian soccer player, Diego Maradona. He talks about in this episode how he was able to manage the global superstar athlete celebrity that Maradona is and was. It's a great listen. You better get out there and check it out. And you can listen to Truth, Lies, and Work wherever you get your podcasts.